Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. Thank you, Jacob. So yes, so today, thank you, Bronwyn. That's amazing. Let's give Bronwyn a hand. So today I want to share on part two of our Faith Like series. Now last week, Josh uh, started our series off with Faith Like, and he talked about Faith Like a Seed. Wasn't that a great message? Really, I really appreciated that. If you missed it, then uh, check it out. But I'd like to kind of continue on that theme today and talk more about today that I want to do a couple of things. My goal is I want to, I think there's a few things that we think are faith that aren't quite faith. So I kind of want to challenge those. Um, Tear down some fears about faith. And the second thing I want to do is I want to to encourage our faith as a church. I want to fan into flame our faith, yeah? Because faith is so important. And look at how many people are here. Plus online, that's a lot of faith, right? If we join together and we trust God. So I want to I want to kind of encourage that this morning. I want to see a, a church filled with faith-filled people. Yeah. All right, so let's pray. Father, I just pray for today's message. And I pray for every heart that's represented here and online. I pray, fan into flame, the faith. Lord, speak to them that they may be able to put their trust and faith in your word and that it wouldn't just be something that stays in their brain or in their heart but actually kind of outworks in their life that it might make changes in our communities, in our cities, our towns, our schools, our workplaces. Father, we we know they need a Christ-filled faith-filled followers of Jesus Christ They need love, they need hope, they need joy, they need peace. So, Father, we pray that you would instill something in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, I remember when my cousin got a swimming pool. Now, this was after I almost almost drowned. Like last last time I preached about almost drowning in a swimming pool. So, by this time, I'd learned to swim. In fact, I probably learned to swim in my cousin's pool, but he lived around the corner. And I remember uh, through summer quite often walking around the corner to his house and we'd swim in their pool. Who has, who has a friend that has a pool? They're great, aren't they? <laughs> so friends with pools, right? It's fantastic. So, so we would walk around the corner to the, to the pool and, and we would kind of jump in and swim and do all this stuff. And we, we would play this game. Now, no, no judging, please. Because I was a Christian kid. Okay, who was a Christian kid? Who grew up in a family like with, with their parents, Christians. They went to church. And, and obviously, that's, that was just my life, right? And so I grew up going to Sunday school and all that. And so what we would do um, at the... At, in the pool is we'd play them. Yeah, it's kind of lame, right? It's kind of Ned Flanders, a little, a little lame. But hey, look, 
you know, we, that's what we did. And so we'd kind of line up at the edge of the pool. And the, the idea is you've got to see how far you can go before you sink. <laughs> right? And so you would kind of like, you'd, you know, and everyone would be like clapping and you'd kind of go, you, you weren't allowed to jump, right? Because that's jumping. It's like you've got to walk. And so you'd kind of like, <sighs> you'd kind of see how far you could get before, you know. Is, who's done that? Come on, be honest. No one's done that. You guys have. You know, and so we, we'd kind of muck around and it was a bit of a game. But, you know, I'm going to be a little vulnerable here this morning and, and admit that there was some times when, uh, when everyone had gone inside or maybe they were getting a drink in the side of the pool and I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I could walk on water. Why not? Right? I believe the Sunday school stories. I believe that it was true. And so I'd stand there on the edge of the pool and I'd kind of say a little prayer, God, I want to walk on water. Come on. I can, you know, and I'd kind of build and I'd think, you know, I do believe, I do believe, I do believe. You know, like that, that movie, I do believe in fairies. I do believe in fairies. I do. You know, when I'd kind of build myself up, not to believe in fairies, but to believe that I could, if I could step out and I don't doubt in my heart, that I could actually just, you know, and that the water would turn like solid beneath my feet. And when I felt the most faithy, I'd kind of like step out. And every time I sunk to the bottom. <laughs> Who else has tried that? Is there anyone else that's, Yeah. There's a few little timid hands going, yeah. You know, believe. It's like, if I, wouldn't it be cool though? Wouldn't it be cool to do that? Maybe one day. Ah, just, oh man, that'd be so great. I'd love to do that. But it never quite worked. And that's kind of the environment that I grew up in. You know, faith wasn't just a game to me. It was something that I believed. It was something that was real to me. I actually believed that if I didn't doubt in my heart and I stepped out, that, that maybe I could walk on water. And my, my house environment was filled with this kind of faith. I remember one morning I, um, I woke up out of bed around this time and there was this commotion, you know, in our house. And my dad was kind of flapping around and he's he's going like a, he's like I can't believe it and he's saying to mum and and you know he's laughing. Now for those of you that know my dad, his his laughing is kind of like this. It's silent, right? It doesn't make any noise. That's like when he's really revved up, usually he'll just smile. But if he's really revved up he'll go it's true, Dad. Like he'll he'll watch this later. But it's true. Like he, he might maybe he, if he's he might go <sighs> like that, right? That's about it. And I'm kind of the same. So look, I just want you guys to know if you're telling me jokes, I do I appreciate it. Like I do appreciate the joke, and I think it's funny. But I'm never going to go. <laughs> At the most, I'll probably go. <laughs> that's about it, right? That's that's all that's in there, you know. But my dad's like this. He's walking around the house and he's got his glass and he's going. He's like, I can't believe it, right? 
And, and, so, and so what happened, right, is that the week before he'd gone to the optometrist and they'd given him some really bad news. They said, look, you've got uh, a degenerative eye condition and you're going to go blind really young. It's really serious. And um, there's nothing we can do about it. They gave him another set of glasses that kind of was adapting to his, his eyes that were breaking down. And they said, look, it's just going to be a number of years and it's, it's just not going to get any better and it's just what it is. And so this was really gut-wrenching, you know. So it's like, wow. So he goes to youth group because he was running the youth group at this stage in our back shed. And he told the youth and they prayed for him. The whole youth group put hands on his shoulders. They all stretched around him and they prayed that God would heal him. He went to bed that night and in the morning he woke up. He put his glasses on. He got the paper. And he couldn't read it. He got it's like his, his guts kind of, you know, that feeling when you just feel, oh, no. And he's like, it's happening already. It's only been a week and already my glasses don't work, right? And so he's, but then he, he felt this kind of th- thought in his head go, try your old glasses on. So he gets his old glasses, he puts them on and he can see. It's been a miracle, right? It's, it, it's like all of a sudden it was restored. He goes back to the optometrist and they're like, well, we can't explain it. It's, it's all gone. Your eyes are just how they were. And, and, and so that's why dad's like, everyone, like, I can't believe this. And he's, he's looking, he's, he's saying to mom, look, I can't see. Now I can. Now I can't. Now I can. Now I can. It's like fantastic, right? He's loving it. You know, so I grew up in this crazy house. I remember, I remember around that time, this, um, this young man came to the door. The youth were praying in the house and it was this big prayer meeting and this guy kind of comes to the door. He opens the door. As he steps in the house, he, f- he feels the power of God. He can't stand up. He falls on his face, gives himself a blood nose because he's... And he puts his hands over his nose. He goes to the bathroom he washes the blood off, and as he does it, he notices that all the nicotine stands, stains on his hands go. He'd been struggling with addiction to cigarettes for some time, and he hadn't been able to break free. And as he washed it off, it's like he, he was healed. He never had an, another need for a cigarette. It's, it's like, that's crazy. Like, what? That, how do you explain that? It's just a, it was weird, right? So this is my life. I'm around this kind of crazy stuff that's happening. But then my grandma gets sick. And she was young. Like she was in her 50s. And she had bowel cancer and it went to her liver. And... And we were, we were praying. We were praying our hearts out. And she kept on getting sicker and sicker. And then she died. And and that was really kind of difficult. 
because I'd grown up seeing this stuff and, and believing and being told verses in Sunday school about, you know, if you say to this mountain, be cast in the sea and do not doubt in your heart that that'll be done for you. And, and other verses about Jesus going to his hometown and that, that people there had little faith and so he didn't do many miracles. And so I kind of had in my mind this idea of like, Big faith means big miracles. Little faith means no miracles. And I honestly think that I, I honestly think that when we prayed for Grandma, we didn't doubt that we believed that God could do a miracle. And as a kid, I just I trusted, but it didn't quite work out. And so this idea, this doctrine of big faith big miracles and, and it was shaken. And I started to realize that it's a little more complex than that. That things maybe aren't exactly like that. And there's a couple of problems. There's a couple of big problems with that doctrine, that idea that faith, that God responds to faith and that if we, it's almost like petrol in a petrol tank. You know what I mean? It's like faith is the petrol to kind of get things moving and get God moving and doing what, you know, he needs to do is, is this idea of faith. And this morning, my goal is not to tear down faith. Because I believe in faith. I believe in God. And I want to fan into flame faith. But I also want us to be authentic and understand that it's not that simple. So there's a couple things with faith, right? There's a big problem with believing that, you know, that it's this petrol in the car and that if we just have faith and don't doubt, things are going to go in the direction that we want it to and that God kind of needs our prayers to motivate him. There's a couple of problems with that. First problem is, well, God created the heavens and the earth. I don't think there was a prayer meeting about that. You know, I can't remember, you know, getting together and saying, God, we just pray for Mars. We want a red planet. And the sun needs to be hot enough to give me a tan. Right, we didn't pray that, right? God did it. He didn't need our faith to create a gazillion stars, that we, the Milky Way and all the order and structure and how it all fits together and like he didn't need our faith. He just did it. So this idea of big faith equaling big miracles sometimes isn't consistent. Sometimes God just does big miracles. The second problem with it is, uh, is that we see in the New Testament that, um, that there's actually four times where Jesus says, Ye of little faith, and does a miracle anyway. 
Here's an example. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake. So the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting that, that here we know that the disciples had a little faith. Jesus said, you guys, you have little faith. And then he does a big miracle. You know, sometimes God can do a big miracle with a little faith. Isn't that good? Isn't that, isn't that relieving? There's a lot of pressure in feeling like we have to always have big faith. That we have to have this perfect faith for God to be faithful. I don't think we do. Nathan Finocchio says, Faith is imperfectly leaning towards God. It's imperfectly leaning towards God. We don't do anything perfectly. We can't even do faith perfectly. We only need a little bit of faith. We lean towards God. You know, those disciples had a little bit of faith. They didn't really understand the full context. They didn't, they didn't know what was really going on, but they knew that they needed Jesus. And they shook him awake and they, they said, Jesus, save us. And he did. That fear-filled, struggling with the whole situation kind of faith was enough. It's all they needed. And this idea, you know, uh, this pressure I've put on myself in the past about having to believe perfectly. You know, that idea that comes in my head sometimes, that if I doubt for a second, my miracle will be snatched away. Am I the only one that's ever thought that? Isn't it great that we don't have to be like that? Yes, God. He loves big faith. There's no doubt in that. He loves it. And he rewards faith. And it blesses him, right? The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. But sometimes we might have that. But sometimes we don't. And God can still do a miracle with a little bit of faith. It's a huge relief. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I remember um, at times in my life feeling like I was coming down with a cold. And, and, and kind of, you know, getting at the side of my bed as a kid and being like, okay, Jesus, heal this child. Jesus' name. You know, you have to, Jesus, you little, you know, put my hands on my throat. 
in Jesus' name, these tonsils go down. I am healed, right? And then you, and then you walk out of that bedroom and you go, I'm healed. I'm healed. <laughs> Just give me a second. You know. And and you kind of you you kind of think to yourself, you know, if I doubt for one second that there's there's not going to be a miracle. But God doesn't want that lying type of. He wants authentic faith. You know, it's it's okay that we're sick, right? We can believe for a miracle. We can trust God, and we can still go to the doctor. It's okay. It's okay. So for the first time, I recognized I could let go of my fear around not being faithy enough. Because a faith isn't about me, it's about him. It says in 2 Timothy, But even if we are faithless, he will still be full of faith, for he never wavers in his faithfulness to us. What he says he will do. What he says he will do. And that's one of the reasons why Jesus said, you have a little faith, because he already said, we're going to the other side. Right? He said it. He said it. He's always faithful to what he says. He's always faithful to what he says. He's always faithful to what he says. This is my key verse that I want to kind of hinge everything on today. Romans 10, 17. And Josh shared it last week. It says, uh, it says this. So faith comes by hearing what is told. And what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself. Faith comes from hearing. It comes from hearing something that comes from the lips of the Messiah. Faith comes from hearing. It has its origin in Christ. It has its origin in God. It doesn't start with me. Faith doesn't start with me. That's my first point. Faith doesn't start with me. It doesn't start with you. It's not an imagination that we choose. It's not a, a vision of our hope for the future. It's, 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 it's not a hope or a dream. Faith is something that comes from God, right? It comes from hearing something from God. We can put faith in that. It's a response. In, um, in uh, 1 Corinthians, we have the love chapter. It's quite famous. A lot of people have heard about it. But in Hebrews 11, we have something called the faith chapter. And in, in Hebrews 11, Paul talks about all the heroes of the faith. If you haven't checked it out, I encourage you, especially while we're doing this series on faith, to read it and check it out. And, and Paul goes through all the heroes of the faith. He talks about how Noah trusted God before he saw anything, before he'd even seen rain. He trusted him to, to make an ark and save his family and how Abraham trusted God to step out to a land he'd never seen and, and he followed the, the call of God in his life and how, how Daniel shut the mouths of lions through faith and Gideon fought a war through faith. He just goes on and on about all these people who trusted in God and that's what faith is. 
a word. We put our faith in that. And I can't have faith for whatever he hasn't said. If I really want a Harley Davidson or maybe a Triumph 750 Bonneville, I love those. I can I can't have faith for that. I can't have faith for a Triumph 750 Bonneville. But if God says to me, Mark, I want to give you a 750 Bonneville, I can put faith in that. I say, okay, God, you said that. You've said that. Right? What about with ministry? I can put faith in something God's called me to. I can put faith in that. If I decide that I want to be the next head pastor of the Hillsong Church, I can't put faith in that. I can't say, God, in faith I believe that I am going to lead Hillsong Church. But if he says, hey, Mark, this is what I want for you. This is what I'm calling you. I can put faith in that. What's God calling you to? What's he calling you to that you could put your faith in it? What's he calling you? He wants now there's nothing wrong with those other prayers, right? They're, 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 they're hope prayers. And and the Bible encourages us to pray for things that we want. He says he's a good father. If you if you pray for a, a fish, he's not going to give you a stone. Right? If you pray for bread, he's, he's going to give you good things, but but that's hope, right? That's different. It's not faith. Faith is a response to something God is saying, right? It's like, um, it's like a child in the grocery store. Have you ever seen this at Woolworths when you're going through the checkout? And, uh, and it kind of every now and again you see it. And the, the mum's kind of flustered. She's got with all the, the groceries for the week. And then there's another kid, and it's, it's pulling on her arm, and it's saying, but mum, you said, you said if I was good, I'd get a lollipop. You know, you ever seen that? But you said, mum, you know, and she's like, just let us get out the store. I've got the lollipop here. You said, mum, you know, that's faith. You said, but mum, you said, right? You said we could go to the playground after. You said, you know, that's a faith prayer. God, you said. God, you said. You said. Right, that's faith. God, you said that you would provide for me. You said. Peter walked on water as a response to being called out. Remember the story. He said, Jesus, if it's you, call to me and I'll come. And Jesus says, Peter, come. Come on. And Peter steps out, right? That's faith. He stepped out because Jesus said, come. What is Jesus calling you out onto? The disciples They went out into the towns and the highways and byways and they healed the sick and they prayed for people and they shared the gospel. Why? Jesus sent them out. 
He said, go out into the highways, the byways and, and heal the sick, preach the good news, the gospel, tell them, right? And by the way, he said that to us, right? The Great Commission. So you've been sent. So we can believe that and we can walk in faith for that. So I can have faith in what Jesus says. Otherwise, it's not faith. Last week, uh, Josh had a mustard seed. You had a mustard seed, didn't you? It was like little. Is that like the whole grain mustard? Is those little round things, is that a mustard seed or is that something else? I'm not sure. And it was like pretty little. But that's like he had this mustard seed, right? And then he he talked about how if it it gets planted, it, it grows into a big seed. And so you don't need... Much faith. It just has to be planted in the right thing. It's this idea of sowing, right? So, the first point I want to say is that faith, like I said, it doesn't start with me. The second point I want to say is faith is a seed, it matters where it's planted. Probably the best example of, of seed in the Bible is the parable of the sower, the parable of the sower. And this sower has got these seeds, but the seeds are representative of the Word of God. Remember I said that faith is hearing a Word of God, right? And so this this sower is throwing this seed out. And this is representative of faith. And there's three things that it represents. So he's he's going out, and, and the seed falls on different types of ground. First, the hard ground is snatched away by the birds. Then it goes on to the rocky ground and the ground that has the weeds. It kind of takes root and, and kind of gets in there, but it doesn't really, it's crowded out. It doesn't really get any fruit because the rocks squish it. When the sun comes, it withers and the other Weeds crowded out and it dies. But then there's the other type of soil, and that is the good soil. And the root goes down and it bears fruit. So how do we bear faith fruit? How do we bear faith fruit? Well, firstly, it's about the origin of the word. It's hearing. The first thing is hearing. The second thing is receiving And the last thing is prioritizing. So if you want faith, you've got to hear, you've got to receive, and you've got to prioritize. Hearing. What you're hearing, is it from God? Is it from God? Are you open to that? Are you the hard ground? Are you not interested in what God might have to say? Or maybe you're too busy to stop and listen. To have fruit faith. If we're going to be a church of of faith that bursts into fruit and fruitful for our town, our nation, we've got to hear. We've got to want to hear. We've got to stop long enough. We've got to re- learn to recognize his voice. Right? The origin is God. 
Hebrews 12 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He's the pioneer. It comes from him. If we want faith, we've got to listen, right? So the first thing is hearing. The second thing is receiving. If we want faith to get a root down in our lives, we have to, we have to recognize it's personal. It's personal. It's relational. Right? It's, it, we've got to recognize that this, this word isn't just like going out over this whole congregation, right? If I'm speaking something and it's, it's God's word to you and it's encouraging, if you think it's for your neighbor, it's, you're not going to receive it, right? You've got to go, oh, that's for God, that's for me, right? So when you're reading the Bible, you're kind of reading it and you're going through the process and you're thinking, oh, that's great information. But then, you know that moment where you're like, I think this is for me. I think, yeah. This is not... We notice um, in Hebrews 11, uh, Paul talks about um, Abraham and his journey, you know. And it's like Abraham, he had this, he stopped enough. He knew God's voice enough to know when he said, Abraham, take your family. I'm going to take you to a new land. I'm going to show you. I want you to step out. Did he recognize it was God and he recognized it was for him, right? He took it. He owned it. So that's our second part of faith. And our third part is prioritizing prioritizing so we've got the seed the sower we've recognized it's god we've recognized it's for us it's like the the weeds or the rocks soil it's it's like it's it's been received like there's been some water it's starting to germinate that the, the roots are going to go down but then there's a problem right because there's some rocks or there's some weeds. It's like we've got to make a choice. You know, the Word of God, the faith isn't easy. There's always got to be a, a tough decision. It's like we have to make that Word a priority in our lives. We've got to choose it above the rocks. We've got to choose it above the, the, the things that we might want instead why is this important well it's because it's about following Christ's pattern like he prioritized God's word prioritizing is important it's it's what Christ did for us he placed himself second like he went to the cross you know, that, that thing he said in the Garden of Gethsemane, God, let your will be done. Like, I don't really want to go through this. This is going to be tough, right? But he had that faith and he put that into action. And he suffered for our sake. The whole mechanism of salvation is available to us because Christ prioritized the God's word in his life. 
It's, it's how it works. It's why we're here today, right? And so we need to walk that to a certain extent. We've got to prioritize God's word above ourselves, above our comfort. The word to God, the word of God to you has to be applied. And it's going to involve tough decisions. It's going to involve choices. Things you naturally want to do have to be let go of. It's going to cost you something, maybe pride or comfort or or finance, friends. Faith, Faith is a risk. It's a risk. But this, this is where faith really grows. This is where faith grows. This is where the fruit is, guys. There's no fruit getting on your knees in the bedroom and asking God for revival. It's, it's when God says, yeah, all right, we'll tell your friend at school about Jesus. Tell your workmate. Give this person you know that's struggling a hundred bucks to pay for their phone bill. Like it's like it's it's that's that's the the real business, right? That's faith in action. That's where it has the fruit. When we do what God's calling us to do, it's tough, right? I um because of my role here as pastor there is um people come to me for support and prayer and when they're going through di- difficult situations maybe it's marriage um issues or, or or an addiction or something like this and fairly fairly regularly a few times a year I I get people coming to me because they have addiction And um, and that's and that's uncomfortable, you know, like especially addictions to things like pornography. So often people they'll 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 hear from God. Hey, you really need to do with that. It's not getting any better, and I don't want this for your life. And they know it's God, right? Because it, they don't they don't want to face that. Their flesh likes it, but there's something external that comes and shouts into their world and says, "Hey, this is not what I'm calling you to do. So I want you I want you to do it." So they recognise it's from God. But then I've got to put legs on their faith. You know, God might say, look, go talk to a pastor, get some prayer, talk to someone. And that's not easy, right? Because it's, there's a certain amount of shame or uncomfortableness. They've got to be vulnerable. And, and that takes faith that, that God isn't going to just smash them and say, I can't believe that you like this, you did this. But instead that there's going to be support and love and acceptance, Right? So faith isn't just about doing the things that are cool like changing the world, but it's also about changing ourselves by responding to God's challenge. 
and trusting him enough that he knows how to gently deal with our heart. That's faith, but it costs us something. Are you with me? That's fruit-filled faith. And as people come to me like that, I, I, I explain to them that, that faith is a relationship that it takes time. They've got to put themselves in a situation where they can hear from God, where they can spend time with Him, where they can recognize His voice, where He can download love into their hearts and fill them up. And that's the kind of mountain-moving faith. That's the kind of mountain-moving faith. My last point, my last challenge is a tough one, but I think you guys are ready for it. As I was preparing for this, I felt that little leap of the Holy Spirit inside of me. And so it's a bit confusing, but I, but I want to share this. And my last point is this, faith doesn't mean you'll always see the fruit. Faith doesn't always mean you'll see the fruit. Hebrews 11:13, it kind of finishes off this chapter. He says this twice in the chapter. This is actually the one that's halfway through and he says it again at the end. He says all these people, you know, Gideon, Abraham, David, Noah, Moses, all these people were living by faith when they died. Living by faith when they died. They did not receive in full the things they promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. See, faith doesn't quite work how we want. We don't always see the fruit of faith. You know, I prayed for my grandma. and I didn't see her raised up, but I will. Right, I will one day. You know, this church isn't here because of your prayers. It's here because of someone that came before, probably people a hundred years ago. I've heard a number of stories about people that prayed that a church would be raised up in Murray Bridge. And they prayed. And we are the fruit of that, right? And, you know, I think it's probably pretty proud and arrogant of us to think that well, that we're going to see all the answers to our prayers. Maybe it'll be for someone else. Maybe there'll be someone else in a hundred years' time. Faith is generational, guys. Let's not be selfish faith people, thinking just about what we want here and now and that expecting God to, to, to roll out a red carpet. Let's roll out a red carpet for someone else. Let's believe in our nation that we're, they're sowing seeds that will bear fruit that we won't see, right? Let's be like that. I believe God's calling me to challenge us as a church to believe in the future. I was running out on that pool. I was running out on that pool and I was, I was putting my best faithy kind of step forward and sinking like a brick because it wasn't what God was calling me to do. 
What is God calling you out on? Not your neighbor, not your your friend, not your pastors. What is God calling you out on? What is he calling you out on? Some of you might be saying, God, call me out on this water. I want you to call me out on the water of financial prosperity. God, I want to be a millionaire. But maybe that's not what he's calling you to. Maybe he's calling you to be generous. God, I want to be, I want to have a platform. I want to speak to thousands of people. Well, what's God calling you to today? What's he calling you to? Let's pray. Father, I pray for each and every person here. Father, I pray that we would lift our faith, that we would dare to believe in a good God. We would have faith like that that mountain-moving faith that, that we wouldn't doubt in our heart, but it wouldn't be what we believe in. It would be what you're saying to us as individuals and as churches. Father, we want to be out there walking on the water, but we want to prioritize our time with you that we might be here what water you're calling us out on. Father, we want that. Second thing we want, God, is we want to prioritize faith. We don't want to just be bedroom prayers. We want to be walkers of faith. We want to choose to do what you're calling us to do when it's uncomfortable. We want to pray for our, for our friends that they might be healed. We want to witness to our brothers, our sisters, our parents. God, we want to walk out what you're calling us to in our town, our nation, our world. We want to go to other countries. We want to share the, the truth of Jesus Christ. We want to be missionaries. Father, give us your word. Give us dreams that we might walk. We might count the cost like Jesus did. That we might suffer, but for not our sake, but for the future. Father, we ask that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at LifeHouse. God's house, our home.